0: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and
1: 365-day returns.
0: I guess this is supposed to be the Christmas special, but there's nothing really special going on in the world of non-league football at the moment. Anyway, besides that, welcome to Episode 7 of the Premier Non-League Podcast.
2: This is the Premier Non-League Podcast.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, and then there were three, Chris May and Trevor Nell joining me, James Easton. It's like, gentlemen, how are we doing? Not too bad, thanks, mate. You? Yeah, I'm not too bad. I think Pete said he had work tonight, but I know what he's like when Toby Carvery have an offer on at 50% off. He's always there. So I wouldn't surprise me if he's sitting in a Toby Carvery when we're recording this right now. Which, do you blame the fella? 350 Carvery. I can't really blame him for that, can you? Can't
1: blame him when everybody's going to go into tier three as well. So, he's last chance... Yeah,
2: you just got to make the most of it, haven't you,
1: I think. Yeah.
0: Well, we all know he's not really going for the food, he just goes for the alcohol, so he probably be sitting there with his fifth or sixth pint on the table after Carvery. I did go in there last Monday night, and um, I was in another branch, Pete was in another branch in the town, and um, there was a load of sort of student-y types um, who were drinking, you know, that really cheap barefoot or whatever it's called, that really like, sweet white Zinfandel, yeah, about yeah, four or yeah. five bottles on the table, so they're obviously using it as their piss-up, and <laughs> it's just like a Carvery and a piss-up just don't go in the same centres. Can you imagine after eating the or you're so stuffed do you think the worst thing you want to do is sit there drinking but i guess you got to do what you got to do right now Supposedly have one slice of
1: meat and one potato and that's it yeah,
0: yeah. or always or um i got sent a meme throughout the week on whatsapp and it was like um it was a review on um TripAdvisor. it says the worst service ever the slowest service ever i mean we had to have about four or five drinks between every course it was disgusting <laughs> five star <Yeah>, rating yeah <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, gentlemen, we digressed digressing here. It is the Premier Non-League uh, podcast, but as I said, I alluded to, there's not really been much football for you. Trevor, I know you've seen a few counties league games down here on the south coast. So tell listeners, what you've been to see.
2: Yeah, Southern Combination started. We started again down in Sussex last Tuesday. So I've been able to get out to a couple of games. I had local derby last Tuesday between Wick and Arundel, which finished 6-3 to Wick. Uh, one missed penalty, one red card as well. So for the first game back, that was you couldn't really ask for a lot more. There weren't a lot missing from the game, to be fair. Um, sending off changed the game. It was two one to Wick at the time when the Arundel guy got sent off. And I think if, if if they'd have kept eleven versus eleven on the pitch, I don't think we'd have seen six three in the score line. Um, no. uh, but but credit to both sets of players as well. You couldn't see a sign of fatigue. You know, having not played and trained for four weeks, um, they were both up for it, both ready. And then Saturday at East Preston and uh, Crawley down Gatwick, which was um, in one division higher. And there I am five minutes from my home. And as I'm talking to the chairman, Terry Doyle, as I just come in the door, I'm peering round in and I'm like, that looks like Stephen Ann Percy, who are two 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 fans I know from Barnett. And I'm thinking, what the hell are they doing? You know, two and a half hours on the way, you know, from home. But they do a bit of uh, ground hopping when uh, they can't get to you know Barnet and Barnet don't have a game and obviously no away fans in it anywhere. So I've um, up having all chatting Barnet all afternoon. We'll touch on Barnet
0: later on in the show, but can I just ask you, you seem like, obviously I'm, I'm not Barnet, I don't really know much about Barnet apart from the Edgar David sagas a few years ago and everything like that. But these two, are they famous for some reason or are they just well-known that they're just sort of they're quite a visible presence and batches?
2: Steve, yeah, Steve's very visible. Um, Long... Uh, Long silver hair in a mullet, um, and yeah, <laughs> everywhere he goes, he's literally got a record a la Pat
0: Sharp or something,
2: so yeah, yeah something like that. Yeah, yeah, those those that can uh, re- remember the fun house days with, yeah, I just <laughs> really
0: remember the twins, mate. I don't know why,
2: but, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> but yeah, he is very yeah. visible, very visible. Um, he's nah. got an, uh, an unenviable record, I think, of not missing a game in something like could be 30, 40, 50 years of watching, even even went to a game on the day of his brother's wedding. Um, it's
0: crazy when you say that. I mean, I, I know I've touched on it before. It might have been on the werving podcast I do, but obviously there was a Charlton fan called Seb Lewis who um, he went to every single game. He got to some ridiculous amount, like over a thousand in a row from like 97 up. I think it was probably in early two thousand. Sadly, he passed away from COVID. But you have to give it to these people who—it's yeah. what we've mentioned on this before. It's not just return to football; it's the life and soul for some of these people. Like take football away from, put the Percys, and they—they they, they might not, you know, be able to move as they have, and they probably struggle. But like, I know for a fact, bless his God, rest his soul. Seba survived throughout, you know, the COVID and his trauma of COVID, and he hadn't passed away. I'd be interested to have seen if the club would have made special allowances for him um, to go and see, you know, as one of the club staff when they were doing yeah. these matches, because he, he literally, that's his life. He's a, he was a driving instructor and he was a Charlton fan and that was his two loves, no girlfriend, boyfriend, partner, anything like that. It was, it's tragic to see, but to have them come all the way from Barnet down to just randomly round the corner from me and you, East Preston, it, it's quite, they must, did they know you had any affiliation with them or anything?
2: No, not really. I, I mean, Steve doesn't do a lot of social media. He's not that type of yeah. person. So, um, and as well, travelling back up from, uh, you know, to Hertfordshire on Saturday, he wouldn't have had all the Twitter and Facebook updates of obviously Barnett getting thumped 6-0 by Chesterfield. Um, so, but obviously, you know, once I'd sort of like explained who I was and, you know, the people I'd spoken to um, in my video interviews over the, um, the uh, summer and that, um you know he might well have gone back and asked a couple of people he knew you know do you know so and so oh yeah yeah you know such and such you know and yeah. that so but yeah no, just it's funny that just to see two Barnet fans that far down a uh, 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 ground I've been to five or six times this year just wasn't quite what I was expecting on and I think you
0: said uh East Preston weren't really uh, a good good show that day so you know it was a disappointing 3-0 loss wasn't it for them
2: a little bit, yeah. Um, another managerial change they've had over the, the, the four yeah. weeks they've had off. Um, yeah. Very, very, very young team. Um, they they knew they were going to struggle this year. They, they've got the added, um, I, I won't call it a bonus, of not being able to open the, the clubhouse to sell alcohol because they can't provide a substantial meal to go with it. Um, so you lose that secondary income, but they have averaged around about somewhere between 80 to 100 people per game since, since it restarted in... September.
0: So it's a shame you mentioned about that substantial meal because um, obviously Johnny isn't with us tonight, one of the regulars on the Premier Long League podcast. And he's a commercial director at Horsham, as we all know. But he was saying they've managed to find a way of getting around the alcohol and substantial meal foods. So it would have been interesting because he told us that on a WhatsApp group. So we'll have to touch on that when we return in the new year. But it'd be interesting to see how they're getting around. as a club because I know they went, they had a preseason friendly on Saturday and my brother-in-law, who's actually friends outside of uh, the circles with Johnny in, in a small world, Andy, and um, he, he, they were pictured with a pint in the stand. So it will be interesting to see what mm. and how they're doing it, because I think this is one of the things they're going to have to do. If the government are going to keep on putting restrictions in as they are, this ridiculous substantial meal at places like non-elite grounds, then, you know, the clubs are going to have to find a way to survive because otherwise the season's going to be cancelled and that's going to be it. But anyway, touching on that, Chris, of obviously being South Shields in the Tier 3, the Trident, what's been going on up there? Have, has there been many friendlies going on? Have you gone and seen any football in the last couple of weeks?
1: Um, Shields played Ashton United in the FA Trophy last Tuesday night, uh, which was streamed live. So um, Ashton put a stream on, which was, to be frank, really poor, unfortunately. Um, They had issues with the provider. So we didn't get onto the coverage until the game was about 20 minutes old and we'd missed the best part of the game. Uh, Apparently, the first 20 minutes was good. The rest of it was poor. Um, A poor stream on a saturated, poor pitch. uh, And the game wasn't much better. Shields lost 2-1 with a better side. And... Um, basically couldn't defend set-pieces. Two set-pieces, two goals, conceded. You get beat two, one, you're out of the FA Trophy. So it was a forgettable night. They had a, a, a friendly on Saturday against Ashington, who are from the Northern League. So they played two divisions below us. Shields ran out 6-0 winners. Um Patrick for Darius Asai. So, but, you know, 15... Of the shield squad are full time professionals, so they are still training. They're still working hard, so they'll be ready for whenever the, the season restarts or doesn't restart. Yeah. Um, so it's just a case of obviously it's a waiting game for everybody now. See what see what um, Wednesday brings in terms of the updates. The three league, the Trident leagues, have announced that they're going to wait for the government to review update. So um, my view is I I'd, I'd, I'd be really really shocked if we see any football. Before the 9th of January, mm-hmm. Chris, with the
2: um, government obviously deciding that steps three to six can have more loans rather than grants, and that what's been the sort of general feeling in the northern part? Because obviously, you know, down here people have said, you, you know, we, we can't take a loan because we've got Ooh. no income to pay it back. So, how sort of financially have clubs looked at it and gone, that's not an issue? You know, that sorry, that's not going to be the way we can go forward either.
1: To be frank, it, it hasn't really been um, talked about too much in kind of social media circles. Uh, clubs from the Northern League, for instance, Ashington, they, they can have, they can still have some support, right. and the fact that they normally survive on crowds of around about one hundred and fifty to two hundred doesn't really make too much of an impact on them. So obviously, um, extra sales, i.e., alcohol, will make yeah. an impact. Obviously, um, and we, we can talk about things like that. But but on the whole, uh, it's it's clubs at our level, Tridently level, that it's really impacting. So, for instance, South Shields. I had an interview. I had a, a chat with Lee Pickton the other day, uh, the chief executive, former co-manager of the club, um, and really until. We can get crowds of 900. You know, clubs like South Shields don't make any money on match day because we've got nearly 600 season ticket holders. So if we're allowed 600, we've got to factor in some away support. Uh, the club just breaks even on the on on a match day once you've paid all your officials. So it's it's kind of uh, in terms of what your original question about loans and things. I think people have. I think most clubs and most people that I've seen and spoke to are quite disgusted that it's loans. Uh, I, I think after everything that's gone on since March, you know, it's kind of an insult to people's intelligence, I think. I think like, it's a loan. It's yeah, but like, to
0: be honest, are you are you surprised with the way anything below the national south and north have well, handled you can't be surprised. I'm not. I,
1: I, I mean You know, regular listeners might might think I sound like a broken record, but since March this has just been an exercise in proving that um, those who are in positions of power, I guess, aren't fit for purpose. It's been been an abject lesson in how not to administer and govern. So um, nothing surprises me like it doesn't surprise you, James. Uh, I'm not surprised that they've said it's going to be loans um, quite frankly it's just it's, it's just kicking the teeth after kicking the teeth for, for non-league football like you said before you know that those, those groundhoppers who made that big journey you know Barnet regulars going all the way down to West Sussex you know, for some people and, and I'll, I'll mention Ronnie who you know joined you on the first episode people like Ronnie football is their relief it is their release from everyday life and if you're struggling in everyday life, and to be to be honest, a lot of people have struggled this year. Football is the the release, the little release valve from the pressure cooker. You take the you take that little let the the lid off the pan, and if you keep putting that pan lid on, and you're just going to grind people down. I think mean, the thing and is though,
0: Chris, it's like you said though. Before before we were on air tonight, we were saying about you know how myself and you are quite like we're not going down the pub for a regular drink Mm. i think it's the same for you we don't just go down drinking the local pub we've got groups of friends with me working in the travel industry obviously right now which is nothing a lot of my friends are spread around the uk so obviously i can't see so for me football things like that are my release as well and i've got friends there and i like to see and you know this is the thing like you know we've all had our issues throughout covid i'm sure of that I'm sure that and I know that I have. I'm sure you have, Chris. And I'm sure you have yeah. as well. And, you know, the thing is, is sometimes what we would have been good to do would have been go to the football, watch a game, have a pipe with your mates. That's why I was so excited when the friendly started in August, sort of September time, that we were getting a season of some sort. And why, to be honest, as we'll talk about later in the show, I'm really not feeling it right now because I just feel that these friendlies are a waste of time. I feel that the, the rug's going to be pulled from under us again, and I wouldn't be surprised to see the season curtailed in the end. I just That's my current feeling.
1: Well, unless...
2: I was going to say, I think between the three of us as well, you can, you can see across Twitter that all three of us are on that mental health issue across people mm. that they just want to get out and watch a game on a Tuesday or a Saturday. Yeah. And you think some people have been able to go back into a football league ground, into a national league ground, Premier League round, and again within the space of of two weeks, it's like the camp the, the carrot's been dangled. You've got that close to it, and then oh, up it goes again, and you can't reach it. I think but what that- I
0: can't understand is why we can't have a beer.
1: Why can't mm-hmm. we have a beer? Uh, I have no idea. I cannot answer that question. <laughs> it worked
0: fine before. It was fine before. Yeah,
1: it, was it was completely was fine. <laughs> I think that's the point as well. To you know, to go into that
2: lockdown and for everyone to come out. Worse uh, than, than when we went in, what was the point in having the four weeks? Um, absolutely, it's, it's so difficult at the moment not to speak politically on anything you do, cool. whether it's a podcast, in my blog, or you know just a rant anywhere. Because um uh, you know you appreciate every, you know most people are feeling exactly the same as you are, um but you can quite you can quite easily turn anything into just a political debate because of how inconsistent it's become
1: again. Cool. It's, it, I, I, you know, we, we, on the Mariners podcast, we said in March and April that um, the decision to null and void the season was wrong on so many levels, but not just, it's, it's not sour grapes. We, we always said that the 2019-20 season should have been allowed to reach its natural conclusion whenever that may be. And the proof was in the pudding where when the season was um, halted, South Shields and most other clubs had played the nine games that were yeah. left the previous season. Had that been allowed to reach its natural, natural conclusion, we would now be in a position where um, you're not having to play catch-up. You could theoretically create a one-off um Competition like they did in the in the um, in the cricket in the summer with the county championship, they changed the the goalposts and created a, a very very good competition. That could have been done, you know. League cups could have been played over two legs or what, loads of different things. But you could have been you could have been ahead of the game and just trying to fill time in until until the spring. Well, do you know what but it could yeah. have been,
0: Chris. Is look at look at the World Cup that's going to happen in a couple of years' time. It's going to be in December. Yeah, they could have finished it off the season. Uh, yeah, to cup of tradition, then they're not going to have to worry about that mid-season break. The That's season right. could have been finished in November of 2022. You have the World Cup in november december wherever it's going to be and you come back in february and then you have a different season maybe forget some of the cups and we get back to normal because you know fifa screwed up allowing qatar to have that anyway because okay. they should never be allowing a world cup in december despite the fact yeah geographically it should have been still played in the summer um you know okay it's going to be a lot hotter it should never have been awarded to qatar that that's, that's a that's a completely different story but this would have been a perfect opportunity to pause that, finish that season as we did, you know, Worthing were the same eight games I think we had to play. We played eight games before we got locked down. We won pretty much most of those games when we were top of the table. You know, we could have won the league, moved on, boom. We have the winter off, come back in February or March time and start the season again.
1: It's like, you know, so, so the decision was wrong on so many levels. And now, of course, we're in a position where most clubs in the league have played nine games. But if you look at someone like Morpeth Town. Our near neighbors, they've only played six league matches. Six. So, how on earth are they going to catch up? It's impossible. So, unless, unless the, the one scenario I, I think might work is by splitting leagues in half
2: mm-hmm.
1: and instead of having uh, playoffs, the winners of each league automatically get promoted.
0: That's it's funny. It's funny you say that because I was speaking to Pete. Um... Uh, earlier on on the day or the week, and um, he said he's heard that there might be some sort of thing being planned possibly about splitting the leagues. To me, it makes sense. But also, it doesn't make sense because if they do it geographically, say, for example, we had Sussex and Kent and London had their own, there's a lot better ranked teams in Sussex Mm. than there are in London and Kent, which is probably the same up north in the Central League, everything like that. I'm sure there's going to be clusters of areas is yeah. it the same with the Northern Premier? Would you find it at a disadvantage if you were in a league with certain teams compared to not, others, or not
1: really because is it, it is quite an even is, spread? It's a, what you were well. The sensible thing to do, and again, this is sensible, but whether it would be done is another matter. But there's it, it, a very much an east-west divide. So basically, you've got the Pennines. So you've got a, a clusters of clubs on either side of the Pennines. If you went a western division and an eastern division, you get a fair split actually, because on the west you've got clubs like FC United and Manchester. Radcliffe. Um, on the East, you've got South Shields, Morpeth, Scarborough, Whitby. You know, uh, uh, and if you go further down, you've got uh, Um So, it, 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 as in a terms of quality? Quality, yeah. It, it would be reasonable. It wouldn't be ideal, but it would be reasonable. And I think as a one-off, you'd have yeah. to, to me, you'd have to, I hate saying it, but you would have to null and void the games played now. And start again in January and play a 20 20 game season. Yeah, and but at least each club will know the goalpost. You know what you have to do if you want to get promoted this year. You have to win your division, and it's as simple as that. And I think most clubs will take that. Except club, for instance, Warrington Town, who would be in the West alongside FC United. You know, so you've got some good good quality on either side. Yeah. Warrington have had a good start. base have had a good start. Whitten Albion from the West. So um, they might be unhappy, but I guess, you know, it, it's um, welcome to our world when you consider where mm. we were at the, same, you know, at the end of last season. So unless things change, I, I mean, Mortworth Town, for instance, their pitch is notoriously bad between November and March. I would say 40% of games um, are postponed and have to be rearranged. To ask Morpa to play a minimum of 36 games between January and May, even if you extend it to the end of May, it's just impossible. It's not going to happen. So uh, I I do think that the only only scenario that I can see working is to split the leagues in half. Otherwise, you might as well just curtail the season and start again in, in August.
2: Looking through just looking through some of the tables, Chris, there's there's clubs in, in worse positions than that. There's there's sides there's, you've got Cambridge, Cambridge City, Berry Town in the Ishmael North. You've got Moneyfields in the Southern League Division One South. They've played four games, four yeah. league games. And you know, even if they decide to go down the points per points per route game, you know, Berry have won three, drawn one out of their four, they're gonna look a little bit better off than sides that have played six, seven, eight games, you know, and lost one or two. Yeah. I can't see how you can get. A, um, an accurate affair into the season, however you do it, because it's such a, a
1: mismatch yeah. of figures all the way through. Well Darren, I mean you, you, you might know the lad, but Darren Tinmouth um, is, is a big Shields fan, a good friend of ours, a very good statistician, he uh, writes for Football CFB podcast um, and Darren came up with an idea of um, adding this season's um, results and standings to the end of last seasons where we were put the two together and go points per game money um, yeah that that would be sensible but these are these are sensible options which very rarely are taken up um it's just one thing after another where we're given these um people in charge these administrators opportunities to bluff and bluster their way through and, and just come out with a rubbish um i mean the way last the other week where there was going to be an announcement at six o'clock. Then they said, oh, it's from six o'clock. Yeah. balmy, absolutely balmy, And um, you reap what you sow, in my view. And um, it, it's just clear that these people aren't fit for purpose. I noticed that, um, I mean, I, I emailed somebody in the Northern Premier League to see if they could come and join one of you guys for interview, haven't had, had the courtesy of a reply. No. So obviously I've ru- whether I've ruffled feathers whether they are just but then you look at Nick
0: Robinson he got back to us straight away and he came on and chatted to Trevor Trevor had his reservations about Nick but he actually worked out So actually i quite got a lot of respect Mm -hmm. for the guy now I mean I I think to be honest I look at that thing and you're you're, you're the well-known South Shields fan I think yeah ideally at the games that he'd done this added to last season and points per game. But then obviously you're going to get the people complaining. So Mm. sadly, I think the only option moving forward is if we cannot resume the football, because I don't have any faith that the Trident Leagues will resume in in December. And I think Mm. as much as it pains me, because obviously with Worthing being top of the league as we stand, as it's suspended, to know all those games. So we had some good victories so far, Mm -hmm. some important games to know them and start again. But if it means... That I can go in January or February and start mm-hmm. watching competitive football again, then mm-hmm. I'd be happy. Because as I said, I've just had no get up and give, and you You're know, right. Trev, Trev and I do deliveries, and you know, he's he's taking time to go and watch some football. I just haven't really been bothered, and I'd rather pick up some shifts to work. But and that's weird for me because I love football, I love getting out there, and I'd love to go and see a game. But I've just got no motivation to go and see a friendly. I mean, Worthing played. Um, their first friendly and lost 1-0 to Pagham um, down here. And then they played at the weekend and drew 2-2 with Chichester, both in divisions below. And you think, okay, they weren't playing full-strength squads, they've been out for a bit. But if that's the quality, and I know a lot of people went to the Pagham game, they're really excited to see Worthing back, and I didn't think they had beer available for some reason, but they just said it was a waste of time and they Ooh. feel really, that really horrible feeling. And it's kind of a wasted journey. I mean, Pagham from Worthing's, watch over about 45 minutes, probably. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's around the Chichester area. And it's the same with Chichester. A lot of people got put off going to Chichester and Pete was commentating on it. And I, I just felt, and I didn't even really bother tuning into it or anything, because I yeah. just have got so little... Get up and going, and willpower at the moment for anything to do with football, and non-league, it seems pointless. So that's why I need a structure.
1: Yeah, I, I kind of really kind of empathise with that because on Saturday, um, South Shields actually had two games, um, more or less simultaneous. Uh, so the first team played Ashington in that friendly, but a, a, an academy team played against another a, a local side from. Oh, four divisions below at uh, Bolden CA, we play an annual. Well, you know, you might know, you might heard of this guy. Um, we 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 fight we battle for the Sam Bartram Memorial Cup, Girl, and so and um, Sam was from Bolden. and we play Bolden CA for the Sam Bartram Cup every every year. Normally it's summer preseason, but they played it on Saturday, and you could there was a hundred fans allowed in the game uh, allowed in the ground at Bolden. And um, I just wasn't interested. I had no intention of going and really didn't... sad, think. really. And it really is sad, yeah. I think it's affecting a lot of people. I think we just need to get Christmas and New Year out the way um, and see where we are. It'd be interesting to see what happens on Wednesday, um, but I can't see any football before the 9th of, of January.
2: R-U-P-N-L-P
0: so I guess the only bit of I guess you could say maybe exciting, maybe non-exciting relief news coming out of the uh, non-league world is the uh, new changes at Barnet, uh, Trevor's, you know, club that he follows, and uh, I know he's been very vocal about it on Twitter. But Beadle's gone finally, Trevor.
2: Yeah, Beadle's not about anymore.
0: Right. No.
2: Um, very, <laughs> very strange appointment at the very at the beginning of the season. To be honest, he, he came very, very out of left field. No one, no one saw that coming. He did did have a little spell with us back in the early 2000s when Martin took okay, over. we played about 12 games, scored five goals, had a nice little impact for us, but he spent the majority of his career underneath the National League. So when uh, um, when you speak to people and 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 hear the names that interviewed, that were experienced at that level and, and, and above, to, to, to go for someone like Peter was a real surprise. But again, not a surprise that we've ended up with a, a nine-game losing run, and we're sitting one point off the off the relegation zone.
0: So, what has gone wrong at Barnet? What what has gone wrong over the last few years? Tell tell someone that doesn't know.
2: Oh, where do you want to start? Uh, yeah. I
0: guess we'd have to do a special podcast maybe, but summarise it in, in a I quick think, summary.
2: You could. The, uh, I mean, the the club's won promotion to the to the football league three times, uh, out, out of the Conference National League, whatever you like to call it. Um, we've been relegated back into it twice. And on both occasions that we've gone down, you can point your finger at any point during probably two, two, two or three years in front of that, that it's been coming and been coming. And eventually you run out of chances a bit like a cat with nine lives, really. Um, and I think the last time we went down, we went through four or five managers that season, which, you know, tells its own story. You can't keep swapping, changing, Um, Martin Allen then obviously comes back, fights the fire, nearly, takes it to the final day. We still beat Chesterfield, but Morecambe only needing a point at Coventry. Coventry already in the playoffs, finished 0-0, down we went with Chesterfield. And that's where we've been for the last two seasons as well.
0: It's a it's a shame to see because um, obviously as I said I, I don't really know much about Barnet I know they've obviously moved to a new ground which from speaking to you completely off air was sort of a bone of contention you know you know changing to the Hive obviously it was got a bit of fame with Edgar Davids you know a few years ago and you know while you were you in the football league um, but it's just it's just a shame to see because you know. I hate seeing clubs where they seem to be in a bit of turmoil. It's horrible to see, and especially a club that had done so well. I mean, I've, I've got experience of myself being a Charlton fan, we have been in turmoil over the last, God god knows, since we've pretty much been relegated for the Premier League all those years ago, the club has not been stable. But to see it of a non-league club, do you think it could affect the stability of the club or do you think the stability is safe? You don't think there's any risk of it going further down and possibly getting into financial trouble?
2: Not financial trouble, no. Um, I think it's, I, I think... It's it's, it's it's difficult because some clubs in the summer in, in our division gambled with money, yes. uh, Dagenham being a great a great example of that. Um, the players they've bought in, they're actually not doing that much better than what than what we are. Um, Tony went. If you know, if you had a pendulum, Dagenham are at one end and Barnet are at the other end. Um, most of us would, would believe he went for the for the cheaper option. Um, which again, he's tried that in the past as well. And then it's ended up costing him double to then get us out of trouble, which mm-hmm. is what it looks like. It's going to have to happen again. But you've obviously got players that was uh, bought in. A lot of them, I don't think, are, are up to it. There's very few left over from, from Darren Curry's reign from last season, probably four or five players, which are of, of, a, of a good quality. How much room, how much scope is there? For a, for a new man, should he come in, um, to bring his own players in and get us out of the trouble we're in. The only saving grace at, at the weekend um, was two of the bottom three had their games postponed due to COVID issues. Otherwise, mm. we, we could quite easily have been sitting bottom of the table come Saturday evening.
0: I think the funny thing is, is that uh, well, it's not a funny thing for you, but the irony is, is that if if Barnet continue this downward spiral, and Worthing continue the upward trend, we could be seeing Worthing versus Barnet in the National South next season. Which, being a Barnet fan, I don't think you could ever really see all those years ago. To think, you know, the clubs Worthing on the rise and Barnet on the down, wouldn't have thought.
2: Yeah, you certainly couldn't. I mean, take the FA Trophy this week. I'm off to. Dorking Wanderers and Hungerford Town tomorrow night. The winners of that actually host Barnet on Saturday. Dorking Wanderers, I saw uh, the last time play was on a Friday night at Wick in the Sussex County League Division One. So there they are then. And now we're talking probably 10, 15 years later, they're in the National League South, like, you know, with the potential to host. Barnet this coming Saturday. You certainly wouldn't have put that story together, you know, within itself, and that shows how one club's risen so well through the leagues. Mark White's done a tremendous job there, um, and one club just can't do anything but
1: yo-yo between two divisions. Trevor has the has the fan base changed in any way? I mean, my memories of Barnet go back. Well, I'm going to take you back to the 1980s and yep. you know the Stan Flashman years. That's when I really. Um, I used to go and watch a bit of um, a bit of Gateshead in, in the then JM Vauxhall Conference, as it was, yeah. and Barnet were the big boys with Stan, with Stan the Man, and and, and Barry Fry, of course, and um, always seemed to have a good fan base, and then they moved, they got into the Football League, still at Underhill, but the crowds they never kind of really took off. Is it just a core? Is like, a, like a, I don't know, like a 1500 core? Or what's it like? There was. It's actually got a little bit less. A lot
2: of people weren't keen on le- on leaving Underhill, moving, moving to the Hive. They wanted to stay within the borough. Um, Tony's regarded as a difficult customer, difficult person to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, there was meant to be a referendum on the move to the Hive. It, it never happened. We went. That's where we've been ever since. A lot of people... Have never set foot in the hive. We moved there, I think it was 2006, I think it is 2006, 2007. So that's 14 odd years. Some ooh, people have not Yeah, Yeah. Um, and there's the club aren't the greatest at, at marketing. Um, the things they try sometimes are half hearted, uh, they don't hit the right spot. And there's quite a fractured fan base that got brought together again last season when Darren was there. In four months, it's managed to undo itself again. And that's without people being able to set foot in the ground mm. as well. Cool. Um,
0: Why was Darren so popular? Because I noticed you said like, you know, in your blog, you were saying about, you know, would Darren, you know, could you, you can't rule out Darren coming back, but you seem to be a big fan of him. I don't know anything about him. What, what was so good about Darren Curry?
2: Uh, Darren played for us. Uh, okay. for, for, for a few years um, before uh, the first time we got relegated in 2001 um, he left that season then with about four or five players at the end of the season because obviously being Football League contracts you can't pay those in the, um, in the uh, National League, there were no relegation clauses and that sort of thing back in those days so so off he went um, but he was a mercurial winger got the best chop in the business, you speak to any of the players that have played with him um, that know him um, he was he was he's never been the quickest um he, you know he'll maintain that but he could whip a ball in and he could send a defender on his backside four or five times in you know four or five step overs um and when uh, John still came back blast two summers ago um Darren came in as an assistant who he had at at uh, dagenham uh, he'd mm-hmm. done his coaching badges and obviously the the aim was always for darren to to take over from john it came quicker than Than he wanted, Um, but he's very open, very honest. Um, He interacts with he was interacting with, with the supporters on Twitter. You ask him a question, he'll answer it. You know, can't always give all the details out, but he he replied to people. You don't expect every manager to do that. Well, that's
0: kind of embracing the modern day, of the way we're working now. Yeah. No matter how much we hate it or love it, social media is here to stay and it was here for the very much future. So to embrace, I quite like that. I mean, whether I could see a Premier League manager like Marino responding on Twitter, I don't know. But, you know, I know Adam Hinchelwood, he's a little bit active on social media. He's not maybe that active, but he will reply. Um, and I think that's quite a nice thing.
2: It is. It's, it's something that's very different, something i would not seen a manager do before. Um, I sponsored Darren for the two years. He, he was at Barnet. Um, obviously, I, I went up a couple of times to interview him for my blog. So um, we chat quite often. We've chatted today. Um, we've chatted the last two or three days. Not you know not just with Darren Ben Strevens at Eastleigh, Neil Smith at Bromley as well. Um, and it's quite nice. People ask people ask my opinion. People ask if I know things um, just because of you know being able to speak to these guys. Um, and do
0: you know anything? Can we get a Premier League podcast exclusive?
2: <laughs> uh, well. If, if it, oh, if, the hesitation if, says something. No, if, if you go read round Twitter, you'll find that um, the guy who is rumoured to be announced as a new manager is all over is all over Twitter. I'd heard a couple of things. Darren had actually asked me himself if I if I'd heard any rumours. I said no, so I will try and find out. Uh, so I spoke to a couple of people who know people inside the club as well. Um, there were talks between him and a manager today. Um, I'm not going to reveal who it is in case it doesn't come off because that would make me... Is it better.
0: the Wealdstone manager? Dean Brennan?
2: It
0: could, be. it could be. Right, B's pod, which it must be Brentford, uh, Brentford, sorry, uh, Barnett's uh, yeah. podcast. Dean Brennan, current manager at Wealdstone FC, will be confirmed as Barnett's new manager. That, to me, sounds like, okay, it's a, it's a podcast, but it's a Barnett podcast. looks like it looks like it then, yeah?
2: It's a worst-kept secret. Um, good, good move or not? Well, um, I, I've, I've, I'm quite impressed with what uh, Dean's done elsewhere. Uh, Billericky's side, I don't think, was the right move for him. And it did he almost, you could say, commit career suicide. But he rebuilt himself at Hemel. Um, he came to Wildstone. He's got them into the National League. They're sitting in the top 10 at the moment. Um, I watched them earlier in the season at Dagenham. Uh very impressed with the way they pressed the daggers. Um, just the way they played, you know, each player seemed to know their job. Um, kind of everything we've been lacking. So on the base... So why is
0: he jumping shit from Wheelstone if he's almost on a journey? Is You're it because obviously... Barnet is a bigger club?
2: Uh yes, Barnett full-time, Wheelstone a part-time. Uh, you know, chance to again add, add to your CV. Um, he knows the level. You know reasonably well, having managed in the you know National League South. But, um, you know, Beadle had I think 12, 12 games, maybe less than that, at Hereford when they got promoted into the National League North. That's all the yeah. experience he had at that level. Um, he you know, he's, he's he's bought the players I would say he's got in at Wildstone, are players that fit his system, they know their jobs inside out. That's what won promotion last. I mean, the National League South last year was a very, very competitive league. You've got you got you know, you got big hitters in Dartford, Dorking, Maidstone, Haven in there, um, you know, and to and to knock all those out the way and win the and win the title and go up, I think, you know, shows he's he's got something about him. Um, whether he can get us out of this mess, you know, um, you know, t- will remain to be seen. Um, until he's fully announced, um, you know, there, there there may be one or two names still across the across the board that. Um, you know, may still have a shot, but the beast pod are saying that he's in. So we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll await the club announcement this week.
0: Yeah, be interesting. Are you happy if it though? If it was, would you would you be happy?
2: Um, I one of the things I put in my blog is who, whoever comes in needs to unite the fan base again. Um, like I say, you know, in four months, um, it's fractured back to what it was like the season. We went down two years ago when we went through Mark McGee, we went through Graham Wesley, we went through, you know, almost Tom, almost Tom Dick and Harry before Martin comes in again, reunites everybody and we almost don't get relegated. Um, you know, it, it's an important thing um, within that club, especially with a small fan base and the fact it's decreasing rather than increasing, you've got to get people on your side.
0: Mm, yeah, it'll be an interesting uh, story to follow certainly over the next few days and a little bit maybe excitement before christmas the premier non-league podcast talking about barnet i know um obviously you've been during the lockdown of the trident leagues and everything like that and you know no football i know you were watching them on streams and you had a few issues with streaming and um friends of the podcast you instant replay who do a lot of the worthing and leagues down here um they end up getting involved and got turf straight away but it was for a barnet fault chris you said the stream on saturday or sorry last week on the trophy game was a bit yeah. rubbish as well yeah. is it time for you know clubs to embrace the modern technology right it is expensive but we're we're living through different times and i know it's cost but is this the time where you know we should be embracing new things like non-league streaming because it is an income as you said for shields they they take a little bit of money from it it's making up for a bit of lack of income for the people that can't do and people are happy to pay that i certainly think it would be the same at worthing as well and other clubs um surely clubs should be getting invested in this
1: I, yes um In the whole scheme of things, it's relatively inexpensive. I'm I'm not Mm. saying it's it's not going to just cost you 100 quid, but it's not prohibitive. The costs aren't prohibitive, and you can recoup the costs very quickly. Um, I'm not sure who the provider for South Shields is, but uh, the quality is pretty good. Um, Some of the South Shield supporters last week didn't pay for the stream because as soon as they saw who the provider was, they knew there were going to be issues, so they didn't bother. Um, we felt sorry sorry for the cameraman because normally when you're on the camera you get like a preview so you can follow the game um the the, the preview wasn't working and that was the software problem so the camera there were times when the camera it was like watching football in the 1930s because the camera the (laughs) the ball was like at the other end of the pitch and the camera was at the opposite end so that's um, what we had at Barnet, Chris,
2: for the, uh, I can't remember which, which game it was, the um, the Bromley one, I think, before. Yeah.
1: Um, it's all to do with previewing on the camera. And if you haven't got the previewing working properly, it, it, it really is the cameraman just has to take hot luck. So um, I had a conversation last week, as I said, with Lee Picton at South Shields. And I think one of the things, you know, as you move out of this carry on with COVID, is somewhere along the line we will get back to some kind of normality, and will the government kind of put back in place the the rules on three o'clock Saturday afternoon streaming? Probably. I think so, yeah. um, how are clubs going to make money? One of the things that we suggested in that conversation was that, like they do in a lot of professional clubs, um, even though you've got corporate, you've, so you've got you make a lot of money on corporate hospitality. If you could stream the game into your Function rooms, then you could get corporate guests who wouldn't have to leave, so they would watch the game on the on on big screens in the room and just continue mm. eating and drinking, and can, you can make money that way. So there's lots of different things that clubs can look at for the for the foreseeable future. Obviously, it will be we will be able to stream at three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. When that is changed, clubs will have to be forward thinking and how they're going to maximise income, and that's one of them, I think. I think one,
0: one of the things you got to think about, though, is that even if we allow allowed to have more and more fans, there are still going to be people that are going to be scared to be going into a crowded environment. So, you know, grounds like you know, no, no disrespect to my own club, Worthing, but, you know, obviously myself and Pete do the commentary there, but we've had to invest in getting a 4G, or Pete's invested in getting a 4G dongle for the mm. thing because the Worthing Wi-Fi is not at all mm. capable. It's more like a I mean, I know it's for business, and I'm not trying to down george because i know it's not the massive important thing we don't really need it there it's just mainly to use for the odd bit of like computing and stuff like that but moving to 21st century and i'm sure a lot of clubs would be like that for god's sake there's some clubs that don't even have a wi-fi network you know there's none but i think moving to this century yeah you need to have a sort of ethernet socket that you can plug a laptop in you need to have decent broadband like you would at a football league ground and yes i know it's a cost but they're going to have to work on a plan where these people that aren't going to be happy going to the ground you know, I'd love to I know Pete said spoken to your Insta replay and you know, I know he's spoken to the club about possibly doing a sort of a commentary that he can do on the radio or on a broadcast. And I think it would be a really good idea, like you do at South Shields. But yeah. the infrastructure's not there right now to have a reliable service. And that's what I think maybe governments need to look at instead of you know have a technology grant for these sports clubs that so people can still touch the clubs give them a grant to you know bt are doing it all the time and open reach for like upgrading your infrastructure to fiber to the house i I can't get it here because i'm in the rural part of uh worthing which is ridiculous because i'm not in a rural part at all as knows, but i can't get it right here but parts of Worthing and that area can get this grant. So why not open up for businesses like football clubs, put in an infrastructure that you can lead a cable up to the box where you do all the sort of match day announcements, Mm -hmm. the commentary, any sort of press and have a proper area because otherwise we're going to struggle. And once demand gets more and more, you know, clubs like Euron's replay companies might not have the capacity to do these live broadcasts all the time, but I think the investment needs to be there.
1: I agree. And as I say, it's and I'm not saying it's going to cost peanuts. It's not. No, no, no. We are significant amounts of money, but in the grand scheme of things, compared to clear budgets in some cases, they aren't as big a sums of money as you might imagine. Um, we've been fortunate with South Shields is that uh, South Shields have been using equipment, from Martin, who's our director, Martin Cole. He, he, he does a he live streams from home a lot, so we've been using some of his equipment. Ronnie uh, has sourced some equipment from his employer, so there are ways and means, you know. Um, uh, so, it, 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 in a nutshell, yes, I agree. Clubs really do have to think now outside of the box because I think you're right. There will be. A percentage of people who from now on may not want to go into grounds anymore until they are absolutely safe, until this whole thing's gone completely, um, there will be a demand.
2: I think as well, James, Nick, um, you know, Nick Robertson, when I spoke to him as well, um, did mention that the, the, the streaming still needs to be a part of things going forward because, you know, as, as, as both of you guys have touched on, People will still feel scared to go into a ground, but they're still going to have the ability to, um, you know, see their see their clubs still in action. I think I think some clubs have some clubs have embraced it. Some clubs have gone. We need to put a toe in the water, but we're not quite sure what we're doing, what we're getting. You know, Barnet was a you know prime example with the with the Bromley game. Um, some clubs, you know, of um, I think I watched the Woking, uh, Barnet Woking. That was a really good stream. Um, the National League uh, group I'm um, uh, moderator for on Facebook as well. People are constantly asking whose streams are good. Brummel is another good one as well. So some clubs have done it really well. And I think some have been maybe a little bit too tentative and not quite gone, like, you know, well, how have you done it? You know, can we mm. match that? Do we need to go something slightly underneath just because of costs?
0: It's funny you say about Bromley because I know um, this weekend um, Charlton invested in a new technology provider who actually do the stuff for Bromley. Uh So instead of just having the EFL stream, which was on the Valley Pass, they've actually not got Scott Minto presenting at the side of the pitch and they've got a multi-view camera. Obviously, Scott Minto being an ex-Charlton player, also play a Sky Sports correspondent, Mm -hmm. but he does it. He will do it every Saturday from home. And when they're away, they'll only have the EFL stream, but they'll cut to a studio and he'll be able to like have a a guest in, like a former player or the owner or something. And it's amazing to think that... Bromley, who are a non-league club, had a better stream of service. than Charlton, who are a League One club, former championship club last season. But it's all about money and ownership. We've got a new owner. He's obviously pushing and he sees the reason and the demand. Because to be honest, watching at non-league, watching a single cam go back and forth is probably okay. But when you climb the leagues, maybe even into the Conference South and the, the Conference your National League, I think it needs to be a multi-view camera, you know, even just one or two, and maybe even a, some sort of analysis at half-time, because that's
1: what you need at that level. You do. I think uh, it was Kettering Town who South Shields um, inquired uh, with. So before we did our first pre-season game in the summer, um, a few of the South Shields team went down to Kettering Town. Uh, they, I think they have been kind of ahead of the game in terms of streaming. They're one of the, the front runners. So, uh, And then South Shields have had inquiries from the clubs who are, I think you know, grasping the nettle a little bit, and um, and I think I'll, I'll get in there. So, so but um, I think it was Kettering Town who was one of the front runners in this.
0: It's definitely something that needs to be brought forward. I think it's just like what we've said off air, what we've said in our own groups, what we've said to our own friends and family we need to start living with this bloody problem that is coronavirus yeah it's great and you know trevor and i had long chat earlier in the week like you know whatever you think about the um about the vaccine the positive thing is it's a step forward and the fact is is we can start maybe moving and looking at returning to life but in the meantime everyone in the uk cannot get vaccinated just like that yes it might be a case of eventually people start around the world they kind of you might not be able to get in certain countries without the vaccine, fine, whatever. But the most important thing is wh- where we live, where we work, where we earn our money. We need to return to normal, where we enjoy, where we do our leisure activities. So it, it counts for things like streaming. It counts for going out to restaurants. It counts for going to a cinema. It counts for going to the shops. It counts for going to see your friends. We, we could be all right. And it's like Trev said, uh, like, it's really hard not to get political in these sort of anything you do nowadays, because it all revolves mm-hmm. around one thing. And, you know, as I've said plenty of times, I'm sure each and every one of us, different political views, which is fine. It's, it's the nature of life. No one's wrong. No one's right. It's an opinion, but bloody hell, we something needs to go on. Something something needs to happen because I, I, I just can't see another year. Can you see another year of what we've just had?
2: No, I do not. I mean, you look at I look at it today yeah. and
0: Heathrow Airport announced that Terminal Four is staying shut till 2022. They're not opening it. Terminal four probably the what's well, the small I think it's the smallest terminal at Heathrow now, but to keep a whole terminal shut for another year and they've actually put that in writing and they're not opening it under any circumstance, it just shows the bigger picture here. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, I mean, oh, and, yeah. uh I think I was out delivering, James. When was it? Um Wednesday afternoon, I think it was. And um I was just I was just pulling up to to, the, to this lady's doorstep. I got out of the car and uh I thought, like, what's that noise? I looked up, there was actually an aeroplane in the sky. <laughs> I was Jeez, like I heard I, that. I was like, do I stop, take a picture, um, and then go and do my delivery after that or what? I was just like, Wow, there's an aeroplane. I was like, you know.
0: Well, I don't know if it's what I don't know where Chris lives. I know you've obviously got the Newcastle airport in the region, and everything, which is the biggest international and sort of like the Yorkshire airports, and everything like that. But obviously, where we are on the south coast, all the flights, including probably ones you've been on before, uh, Chris, are going yeah. over the south coast of Spain, Europe, all sorts of places. Yeah. We're so used to seeing every night, you'll just see a length of flights all the time. You don't hear them, you just look up and see them going across all the time. And it's a really sad thing that mm-hmm. I don't think we're not hearing these, these aircraft anymore because, you know, it just it, I mean, if anything, proving what an awful place this is is just go to Heathrow airport on you know which this week it should be probably one of the biggest busiest weeks you know where the school end of this mm-hmm. week where schools break up for christmas yeah there are some flights going ahead it's like i said before i work for a national airline you know this time last year we would maybe be getting two to three hundred thousand passengers on a daily basis i looked probably about a month ago now in november we had two thousand something passengers on one day and that really mm-hmm. scares me and it's just, you know, the sooner mm-hmm. we can go back to a bit of normality, the better in, in all sorts yeah. of areas. Yeah, yeah, I agree.
1: It'll come, but I think we just, have to, we just have to get through Christmas and New Year and take stock. And and uh, if as much as we can, just try and enjoy our Christmas and New Year. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I don't think we'll have any football, but I'm still looking forward to it. We'll make the best of it.
2: I'll oh, find football, Chris, don't you worry.
0: NFL football. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the the, the, the so big we'll rugby league we'll watch
0: I mean, I mean, talking about Christmas, obviously, you know, we're all gonna have our social bubbles, no matter how, how like you know, whatever tier you're in. Um, gents, have we got plans for Christmas, Chris. What what's your Christmas looking like so far?
1: Yeah, Christmas Day spending with my brother, his partner, and the children. So there's gonna be um, two so two families, on Christmas day, and then my daughter, um who lives in Manchester, she's She's gonna join us on Boxing Day. So yeah, it's it's gonna be okay. I'm looking forward to it. Got some something to look forward to.
2: Yeah, Trevor. Um, yeah, very different this year, obviously, because I, I don't live at home with the kids anymore. Um so Christmas is Christmas Day is gonna be, to be honest, just another day for me. Um boxing day will be football. Always has been. Um it's only sort of only sort of
0: You mean you're not getting up at six a.m. for the next sale in sure' Not queuing outside
2: <laughs> no, no, no. I'm going to be,
0: be dragged to that you know
2: rather you than me mate no, I'll be, um, hopefully hopefully Little Hampton Wick on Boxing Day morning Um, potentially another game in the afternoon or a trip to my, to my brothers uh, up near Dartford possibly mm. Um, and then a couple with, with a little bit of work because people will still be buying stuff um through amazon and mm. um there's just should still be a little bit of football around though you know in the days in between as well so yeah you know as long as there's a little bit of football in there to keep me sane yeah uh, you know i'm not too i just want to get to the end of the year when i want to get to the end of the year and then
0: yeah, yeah. well it's uh it's this year for Gym. me i'm going to be at um my um my brother uh, brother-in-law and sister's house and Every Christmas that I've been at home. It's always been at my mum dad's house because and dad cooks the best. I mean I don't know if it's the same for you guys, but your parents roast dinners are normally the best roast dinners. I don't really yeah. I don't I can't know anyone could dispute that. But he's cooking it this year, so he's got a lot to bloody live up to. And yeah. uh, you know, uh, mm. and I'm going to be so the pressure is on Alex McKenna to uh, give us a good Christmas Day dinner. <laughs> but I've got to pick up the wife from uh, she's landing from India on Christmas Day um, morning, so I've got to go up to Heathrow and. I wear a Santa's hat and uh, probably a glass of prosecco for her as our chauffeur service. Uh, sexy, <laughs> sexy chauffeurs, bearded chauffeurs uh, will You're be taking her down. Yeah, 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 yeah. In my birthday suit, mate. But I wouldn't want to wish that oh, on anyone. Do you know what I mean? Wouldn't want to wish that on anyone. But it's it's gonna be weird. We we were talking because um. i saw saw a friend a couple of weeks ago and you know both me and him are sort of around on new year and we're saying i wonder if we will be able to go to a pub or something for new year but it's looking ever so unlikely now i don't Mm. think we'll be in any pubs and to be honest i think most of them will probably end up closing because they wouldn't be able to be open after 10 o'clock anyway so let's have early new year let's sing old lang syne at 10 o'clock and then kick you out and go out see you later but it's just not going to work and to be honest, I love one of the things I love about you know New Year is just I I do enjoy like being, you know, it's an expensive time, you know. I'm sure once we we're all younger we've been to like nightclubs and stuff that charge a fortune to get in when you're all sort of on New Year's Eve mm-hmm. to New Year's Day, and it's not even that much better than a normal night. But a few years ago we went to the Oak in Worthing with a friend of mine and my wife, and you know, it was just nice to be in a pub and then sort of liven up at midnight a few few songs and dances, and it was just brilliant, and it's just such a shame because nothing is going to be able to what can you be thankful for in 2020? Mm-hmm. I lost my mother-in-law. We've lost people through COVID. We've had a really, really crappy year. But you know what? What you know? I think I'm going to be more excited to see if 2021. I mean, yeah, it's not going to disappear overnight. It's not going to disappear overnight. We know that it's going to be a long, long journey ahead. But I just hope that 2021 sort of for me just sees a bit of return to normality.
1: That's all I care. It will. It will. It has it will. to, and it will.
2: I think so. Yeah. I wanted to give one one uh, shout out. Um, Over it. Jason Ainsley, 14 years at Spennymoor Town, um, and he, mm. he, he stepped away this week. Uh, I saw them in the FA Vars in 2013 when they when they beat Tunbridge Wells. And um, obviously, Spennymoor Town were Northern League champions then, and they actually took the plunge. They went up, they're now sitting in the National League North. Tunbridge Wells, who they played that mm. day seven years ago, still sitting in the, in the Southern Counties East Premier Division. They haven't haven't changed, but yeah. absolutely the amount of silverware um, that that guy's won for the one for that club, seven hundred and seventy games as well, is is just something else. You don't get that kind of management length. But, you know, again, these days when you, you you talk of the likes of Arsene Wenger and Alex Ferguson in the you know in the Premier League, you know, you you, you still don't get it at a non-league level. But fantastic, a, fantastic achievement. Um, you know, Jack
0: Pearce who won't bugger that. off. Sorry. Apart from Jack Pierce at buckler who won't bugger <laughs> off
2: <laughs> annoyingly.
1: <laughs> but yeah, so, but Jason, Jason um, he's um, he was a player, obviously manager. Um, he's still going to be linked with spending anyway, He's not a you know complete break. It's something that he he intimated it would happen as they got higher up the pyramid. Right and he also, and he's school teacher in South Shields as well. Um, and he teaches Ronnie's son, so you know. Is a Right, little Chris. Player. There you go.
0: Ronnie needs to sort out an interview for next year. He yeah, needs to yeah, sort out an interview with him. with him. We'll get him involved. We'll get him yeah. on, and that could be one of our yeah. first guests of twenty twenty
1: one. Don't know the guy really, but everybody I speak to just speaks so highly of the guy. And we'll good, good. yeah, we'll get him on. We'll get him on. We'll get him oh, on. It'd be oh, good for oh,
2: him, though, Chris. As well as the chairman says in the in the paper there when he first took over, Jason, he didn't know if he had what it took to be a football manager. Well, no. you know, the amount of trophies seven hundred and seventy mm-hmm. games there's, there's you know there's, yeah. there, there's something about him he's going to be able to
0: enjoy his Christmas isn't he, he yeah he will he will but I think that kind of wraps us up for this episode episode 7 of the Premier Non-League Podcast it's been a sort of gabbering on for an hour or so for gentlemen but I think it's just time to take a moment to thank everyone that's sort of joined us on this journey so far we've got to seven episodes we've had some amazing guests I mean ones that when we started writing this I never thought we'd expect or get we've had Ashley Williams on our first ever podcast which was great 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 Leroy Lita my favourite so far Chris Dixon what a guy what an excellent excellent man Um, Trevor had a bit of a fanboy moment over Warren Barton but that's four really really big names in um in seven episodes you know and the interviews are so Long we had to split Warren Barton's into two episodes. So we're looking forward to next year. We're all going to push hard to make this the best, the premier non-league podcast, the best one we can. We'd also, like to thank Nick Robinson, Mark Leticia and Oli Bayliss for joining us, as well as representatives from North Ferriby FC and you guys as well. Because I guess without you guys, there would be no podcast. So Chris, you know, you kind of got roped into this sort of unwillingly, but I think you would quite enjoy being on it That's now. Right. And yeah, you know, he's the first one on the line yeah, every time right. we're doing, and we enjoy having you as a normal correspondent. And Ronnie, thank you for also Thank joining you. trevor you know we started no. this journey off it's great to have got to know you over the last few months and uh, obviously pete um ian i've known for a long time and johnny you know we're, we're going for our christmas curry on thursday hopefully as long as nothing changes um i know chris is going to cook a curry and send us a picture or oh, we could put you on video call at the end of the table <laughs> for our business meeting as you say but I'm just um, looking forward to you know hopefully we'll get have a good strong 2021 with the Premier Nonny podcast and as Peter Crouch's podcast say I think we're going to be back stronger Uh, we Mm. won't we'll be back uh, in the middle of January we're going to have a month off we're going to just enjoy it as much as we can the festive period try and see some football and come back next year please do join us on our social medias at the PNLP drop us a line on facebook have a shout if you want to get involved please do get involved we just want to grow this share it to your mates if every person that listened we ain't got loads of listeners everyone it on to one or two people would it would be great for us so please help us out any sponsorship as well if you fancy it give us a shout um, at the pnlp at hotmail.com but i guess i'm gonna wish you all a merry christmas gentlemen look after yourselves stay safe um, try not to get too bubbled in your festive bubble <laughs> I know I try not to but I know when I'm a few bottles of bubbles down on a Christmas Day that's going to be another thing but um, look after yourselves and we'll see you in 2021 for hopefully a much better year and probably a different football landscape yeah. see you later
1: all the best R U P N L P?